1: As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
2: You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. You can go to TireRack.com slash Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
3: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
2: It's Hour 2 on this Wednesday. Dan and the Dan Ants Dan Patrick Show. What could happen this weekend in college football? What kind of chaos, and are you rooting for that chaos? Eight seven seven three dp we'll get to your phone calls coming up as well. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. College rankings came out, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, Oregon, Ohio State, Texas, and Alabama. Now, I'm always curious about point spreads, and I mentioned this in the first hour. Neutral site, Pac-12 title game. Washington-Oregon rematch. Washington won the first game. Oregon is favored by 9.5. Now it just went up to 10. That is an interesting point spread. Here's another one. Philadelphia, the Eagles, best team in football, right? Guess who's a home underdog against the 49ers? Your Philadelphia Eagles. Does that change how you view the Eagles? That they're an underdog at home against the... Now, it's a slight underdog, but still, you're the best team in football. One loss, and the Niners are coming to town. And you are an underdog. Also, the uh, over-under with Michigan and Iowa. Not that it's 35-and-a-half. It's the uh, over-under first-half point total for Iowa is under one point. So, can't get much lower than that. The over/under for points in the second half is zero point five points. This, is according to uh, DraftKings. Right. All right, poll question for hour two is going to be what, Seton O'Connor?
4: Let me update you, hour one, Dan, because it is a hot one. It's a banger. It is a banger. <laughs> uh, who would you most want to? Who would you most want to see win this weekend? Bama over Georgia, Louisville over Florida State, Iowa over Michigan. Mm. Want to guess? Iowa over Michigan. Yes. 47% want to see Michigan go down. I would love to
1: see America's Iowa America's team
2: is Iowa. Let's go, Iowa. Yeah. Amer- everybody's against Michigan. America's against Michigan, apparently, but everybody is for Iowa. More America's team this week. Iowa, Michigan. <laughs> Iowa. Yeah. Iowa. Absolutely. <laughs> but I, if they score a touchdown, will it be their offense or their defense that scores a touchdown? How about that one? Fair question. Blocking a kick, maybe? Something like that? Maybe something fluky happens there? Yes, Marvin?
5: Lots of grit and grind.
2: Oh, yeah. I like that. Those are uh, corn-fed football players
6: in Iowa. They're country strong.
2: Yeah, country
6: strong. Yes, Paul. If I'm Iowa, I'm pulling out every trick. The FOMO ruski, the hidden ball trick, any of those moves that you see on the high school field, like anything that can get you a quick seven. (laughs)
2: The... uh, Two top Premier League clubs go at it on Peacock. Watch Tottenham try to claw their way, back up the rankings. They face nine-time Champ Man City on the road. It's all live Sunday at 1130. Oh, we know where Seton's going to be. 1130 oh, a.m. Eastern exclusively on Peacock, which is where you can watch this program. Download the app if you haven't done so. Okay, poll question for hour two is going to be one. So you don't
4: well, let's see. We've got one, another one relating to college football. We've got another one that has absolutely nothing to do with college football. Which would you prefer right now? Nothing to do with college football. Mark Cuban is
2: running for office,
4: cashing in, or both?
2: I don't think he's running for office. He is going to step away from Shark Tank. I think he's been there 15 years. Does that sound right? But he's going to step away from Shark Tank, and he's going to sell a portion of the Dallas Mavericks, but he's still going to maintain about a third of the ownership and he's going to be running the team still. But it was a little bit surprising that uh, Cuban is selling off. I don't know how much he's selling off. And that team, I think, is $3.5 billion. He bought it for $200 million 20 years ago. That's a good return. They like to call it the uh, ROI, return on investment. Very, very good job there.
6: Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Mark Cuban, 65. He bought it in 2000 for $285 million. He was the sole owner. And he's selling, it appears he's selling $2 billion of the team, mm-hmm. which is about 57% of the team. Mm. And he would keep the other, I guess, uh, 33%, mm-hmm. um, uh, 43%. Sorry about that. He will stay as the running the team in every way. But the speculation was pretty wild yesterday. Like the, between Shark Tank and selling the team. do you know he's 65 years old? I did not know that. I mean, it, he colors his hair. So, you know, the
2: fact that it's dark. <laughs> Allegedly colors his hair. I thought he was like 58. Well, because his hair is dark. Oh. And it's always been dark. Yes, Mark.
5: But also, he has a youthful exuberance also.
2: He's got a Pete Carroll kind of youthful right. exuberance. He
5: doesn't like tucking his t-shirt.
2: He always wears those tight t-shirts.
5: But all I don't, the guns. I, yeah.
2: Well, I don't know if they're guns. But um, I don't know what he's going to be doing. So you cash in. You, you're not going to do Shark Tank. I think he's doing quite well. I think he's worth $6.5 <laughs> $6. billion. <laughs>
6: but Okay. You yield control of the team. You have some control, but I'm sure at some point they could say, you're no longer in charge of operations if you own it. I, I, is it just the market for teams? They're so high right now, and he's 65, let's sell high? I have no idea. Fascinating. I have no idea.
2: It was interesting, but uh, yeah. He's, uh, he's going to do one more year on Shark Tank, 16th year of Shark Tank, and uh, that's it. Then he's going to step away from that. Yes, Todd? He's got
5: that cost plus drugs thing for discounts on uh, pharmaceuticals. That's supposedly doing very, very well. So he'll be okay. He'll no. make rent.
2: Thanks. thanks. You're welcome. I didn't know we are going to break down Cuban's portfolio <laughs> here. But uh, <laughs> oh, How did his
4: uh, space dust thing go? Is that still happening? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Didn't he have that message? That it's like a message Snapchat or something? Yeah. Stardust or something? Yeah. Well, it's like gamblers. They only tell you when they win.
2: You know, people who invest in stocks, they're like, oh, yeah, I was right there. I, I, I knew that uh, Uber was going to be big. Got in early on some <laughs> IPOs. I met somebody who got in really early, really early on uh, Uber. I think they got in. They were like number three. They got in early. They cashed out. But uh, just to hear that, because we're all looking for that, Like, and it's always too good to be true. Somebody will say, You got to get in on this. And then you're like, uh, How much did I lose? "Uh, yeah, you lost your shorts there, but eh, there'll be another one. I'll go, No, no, it doesn't work that way. You can't,
4: when somebody says you can't lose, you can lose. Trust me. Yeah. It's like crypto. You guys really want to get in on this one. I've got an exciting opportunity. <laughs> Call me. Uh...
2: I remember when sales with this show goes, uh, Hey, what do you think of crypto? I go, uh, I don't. And they go, Are you sure? I go, I I don't use it. I don't understand it. Why would I tell my audience, hey, (laughs) crypto? And I didn't believe in it. Don't believe in it.
4: It's a digital currency. Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah. What could go wrong? Everything. Yes, Todd.
5: Wasn't fortune supposed to favor the brave or something like that? I remember hearing something about that. (laughs) Uh,
2: We'll get some phone calls in here. And uh, 877-3DP-SHOW. By the way, speaking of the Mavs, Jason Kidd, Mavericks head coach, was... uh, addressing Tim McMahon's question, the NBA uh, reporter who's been a uh, guest on this program. And it went like this.
7: What have you seen the difference in the dynamic, you know, specifically with
5: uh, Luke and Kyrie when in are closing games? Um, I think, maybe Tim, maybe it's the things that you guys thought should have happened day one, is that they should be successful right off the bat. Um, As you just mentioned, they're one of the best, if not the best, in clutch time. But that was a big, big thing you guys wanted to make a big deal about last year. But you're not making a big deal about it this year because going good, right? So write some positive.
7: I just asked you a question,
5: and I'm giving you an answer. (laughs) Like you guys, you know, there's all right
2: to write positive stuff. People will read your positive. (laughs) You don't always have to be negative. Okay. I don't know exactly what Tim McMahon has written about the Mavs, Jay Kidd, uh, Luca, Kyrie. Um, you know, I've been in these press conferences where people get singled out. I don't think I've ever felt singled out something like that where somebody was, you know, throwing back at you and trying to embarrass you. But, you know, maybe Jason Kidd's like, look, I don't, I don't need this. They are playing well. Write about them playing well. And he probably had to eat a lot of this in the beginning where we wondered if these two could coexist. I understand frustration levels. Sometimes we don't know this as a reporter as, as we're asking these questions. Like, how many times have you been asked this? Uh, is it always there? And he probably was like, you know, enough here. How about we write something positive? And he, from that standpoint, I get it. Positive does not sell. In today's media, it does not sell. You click on something that you know is negative. If somebody goes, Joe Buck had a wonderful Monday night performance, you're not going to click on that. Uh, uh, Joe Buck goes viral, people upset with Joe, all right, I'll click on that. this That's what happened. That's where we are with uh, today's sports you know, media. Yes, Mark?
5: And I think when you have two guys like Luca and Kyrie, where they're like, oh, they're playing well. Okay, they're supposed to play well. And if they're not playing well, well, Jay kid please tell us what the problem is. You know, when they got together last year, they struggled. So I think that's a little bit of, you know, like expectations also.
4: Yeah. Seton? Just running through a little bit of Twitter past. Yeah. And – uh. Seeing something here about if Jason Kidd's voice is not being heard in the locker room uh, by the Mavs after getting beat by the Hornets twice in three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim McMahon saying, maybe it's time for a change. <laughs> when when did that, that happen? It was uh, March 27th. Okay, last year. Yeah, well, well, that's what he said last year when everything oh, was okay. going wrong. You guys had a lot to say. Well, why don't you have something to say now? Yeah. It's exactly what he's saying. Yeah, okay. Maybe it's time for a change in the locker room. Yeah. Oh. Yes, well.
6: Yeah, if you remove Jason Kidd's language, his point is clear. It's like when we were easing in and they were struggling last year, it was the biggest topic, but it's like the Denver Nuggets. All the Denver Nuggets do is play well. It's almost like what is there to cover? Them playing well. Good for them. Their fans should be just enjoying them dominating night to night, but there's no drama to cover. We cover the negative because there's usually drama and fallout from it. Yes, Don. Thought coaches are supposed
5: to pretend they don't know about this, they don't hear, read what sports talk, what people are writing, whatever happened to the days of pretending, you know, that stuff doesn't bother me. I don't read that stuff. Yeah, but you're admitting that you're reading that
2: stuff. Oh, of course they read it.
5: But they like a lot of coaches like to pretend I don't care what people are writing, I don't don't look at that. I don't
2: believe any of that. I never believe where a coach goes, I don't I didn't hear it. Yes, they do. Somehow somebody tells them. And, and it might not be they read it or heard it, but somebody will tell you. And by the time it's third person telling you, it's even worse than what it probably was originally. Because that's happened to me, where somebody that I covered was like, man, what's up? Why, why are you coming after me? I go, uh, you got to help me with that. And then I heard, and I go, no, I'll tell you exactly what I said. And then it's like, oh, okay. All right, well, that's fair. But by the time it gets to somebody... I mean, we do this all the time. Sometimes you leave out some things. Sometimes you add some things. It's just, it's where we are. Negative, negative cells. Uh, Doug in North Carolina. Hi, Doug. What's on your mind today?
7: Cover songs, Dan. I know this is going to sound like it's out of left field, but it pertains to one of the Danettes. Um, I'm a big fan of. People taking 80s pop songs and covering them, there's a uh, slowing them down a bit. There's a great example of a kid from Amsterdam, I believe, covering Bruce Bruce Springsteen. And similarly, I was watching a Jennifer Lawrence movie this past weekend (laughs) where the young star (laughs) of the movie, do you know where I'm going with this? He gets up and he does a a Hall and Oates song on the piano and, and for the first time it's man eater, for the first time you hear the lyrics you you realize there's heart to the song, and Todd, I'm just telling you, listen, watch that movie, listen to the song, it's better than the original.
2: All right. Thank you, Doug. Sounds good to me. Yeah, that's a sharp left turn from Doug. Uh, let me see. Bob in Montana. Bob, welcome back. Hey, DP. You mentioned yesterday morning that you were thinking about getting re-remarried at the Elvis Chapel in Vegas when you guys go down to the Super Bowl next year. Yeah. So I was thinking, as your resident... Elvis expert, being that I've been to Grace on thirteen times, I'm actually going again in January for Elvis's birthday weekend. And that I own three Elvis jumpsuits, I would be honored if I could be your witness, and I would be more than willing to loan you one of my jumpsuits for your big occasion. Whoa, whoa, the game just changed, uh, Bob. I'm going to have Tyler take your information, and I'm going to uh, run this by the home office. There, I said this to my wife. I said, "Hun." What about getting re remarried at the Elvis Chapel in Vegas? How can she pass that on? Yeah? She gets another ring. So now if she's if she hasn't given me a definitive answer right away. Mm. Yeah. Because usually it's like, of course. Oh I'd be honored. I didn't get that uh, two days ago when I said, Hey, what about re remarrying? She may <laughs> feel like she's caught in a trap or something. <laughs> can't can't walk out. Oh, Thank you, Todd. Uh, Joe in Nebraska. Hi, Joe. What's on your mind today? Hello, Dan. Um five seven
7: and a half, two oh five. I uh just wanted to give you a call. Um my brothers and I have recently joined the Dead Dad Club on Sunday. Um our dad had a heart attack at a bowling alley. And so um I just wanted to uh, give you guys a call and let you know. Um that we've always appreciated uh, being able to chat about your show with our dad. And um, he turned us into the sports fans that we are. And um, I just obviously wanted to let you guys know we bought a shirt and support the cause and uh, just kind of hoping uh, to be able to to get through all of this. And I appreciate you guys helping us through that. And uh, I'll hang up, and I know you guys like to make it quick. So, uh,
2: love you, Dad, and, and I miss you, and, and I uh, thank you guys for everything. Hey, Joe, before you go, how was your dad bowling?
7: Uh, actually, he was going there to do some practice frames. Uh, he from what we told, uh, from what we were told by the by the guy attending the bowling alley, he said that he had sat down after a couple of practice frames to uh, actually start bowling some games, and so um, he didn't actually record a score, but uh, the last score that i saw from cleaning out his house yesterday he had a 253 wow. in
2: october so.
7: that's awesome so, yes so he uh a lot of people called him Buller bob and uh we just uh we just knew him as dad so it's uh it's probably what led to my parents divorce when we were kids with him
2: bowling almost every night but uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right well we he- he, he went out like he uh, went in. Uh, so uh, you can pick up a dead dad's club.
6: <laughs> in lieu of therapy.
2: Yeah, yes. Yeah. Cheaper. If you uh, want to buy a dead dad's club, it's available at danpatrick.com.
6: Yes, Paul. Did you ask him how his dad did in the bowling? Yeah. yeah. You know, a split happens when
2: you're. <laughs> oh, okay. All I know is when my mom died, she was playing bridge and uh, she was playing cards. She won her hand. Went to the bathroom, came back, and then had a stroke. And we were like, she was dressed immaculately. She won her card game. And we're like, she didn't suffer. And uh, I just said, you know what? That's a walk-off. And, uh, you know, if you're going to go, like, I'd like to hit a jumper. And then, you know, if that's it, you know, that's it. But I, I don't want... You hit rim. It's got a swish. Imagine
6: if you rimmed out. Oh, it'd be that'd be horrible. Would we want, You'd want us to resuscitate you yes. for
1: another shot.
2: <laughs> Just, you know, be weekend at Bernie's. Just bring me back and then let me make a layup or something there. But, you know, if you're going to go out, you know, guys at the bowling alley. Yeah, Paul.
6: Your DNR would have a clause. If I miss my last <laughs> shot, revive me for one last jump.
2: Odds are I won't miss my last <laughs> shot. Odds are. All right. Are we rooting for chaos? And what is chaos in college football coming up this weekend? Well, you're going to find out next, Dan Patrick Show.
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com
8: and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Dynasty the king, uh, king. Uh. What's good, y'all? It's your main man, Michael Smith, esteemed NFL analyst and certified fantasy football legend. Allow me to present to you your new favorite fantasy football podcast, The Dynasty Exchange, hosted by my first-round rookie picks, Davis, Dylan, and Josh, three guys who most definitely know their stuff. They're the co-commissioners of the coolest and most cutthroat dynasty league you'll ever come across, the Yacht Club. And now they're the co-hosts of the most elite. Now make that the definitive dynasty program in the game. It's dedicated to only the most devoted of diehards. The guys like me who can't stay off sleeper in KTC. And trust me, you won't regret making the choice to follow their dynasty advice. Listen to Michael Smith presents the Dynasty Exchange on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
9: all in one app with one password. Prime Video, it's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply, Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash amazonprime for details.
1: This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise, set several generations after the last installment, in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Tiger Woods is back. Join him as he tees off
2: against his friends and rivals in the Bahamas, the all-star field. The Hero World Challenge. That'll be Thursday at 1.30 Eastern on Golf Channel and Peacock. Here is Tiger Woods yesterday talking about coming back and trying to play a little more.
7: I haven't played in a while. and um, So, you know, I have my tailor fused. And so I, I'm excited to compete and play. And I'm just as
2: curious as all of you are to see what happens because I haven't done it in a while. Why do you think he continues to play? Everything he's been through, he has everything. He's 47. I don't know if he's trying to do what LeBron is trying to do, continue to play until his son gets on tour. And Charlie's, what, 14 maybe? Going to be a little while. And if I'm the live tour, I reach out to Charlie, Tiger's son, and I go, um, we're going to give you $100 million. Right? I would be going after all the young golfers if I'm the live tour. Uh, and I know that there's been talk about John
4: Rahm. Maybe he's going there for $600 million. Yes, Susie. You know how we always joke about, uh, like, what does a professional golfer do when they retire? Play golf. Go play golf. <laughs> there you go. Like, well, I don't really need to stop doing this. It's... But when you play with somebody who plays for a living,
2: they don't enjoy golf when they're not competing. You know? But they have to have money on it. If you play against somebody, they'll be like, I don't care what it is. Five dollars? All right, we'll play for five dollars. You know, uh, skins, whatever it is, they have to have something on it because it has to mean something. They can't go out casually and try to play golf. Uh, We'll get to more phone calls coming up. Poll question for hour two is what, Seaton, before we get
4: to uh, Ross Dellinger, Yahoo Sports Senior College Football Writer. Satan, what do we have? Dan, we've got, uh, well, from the first hour, who would you most want to see win this weekend? Bama over Georgia, Louisville over Florida State, or Iowa over Michigan? No, Uh, not even close. Iowa still holding strong (laughs) over Michigan at 53%. Uh, The other two games are split pretty much right down the middle, but uh, a lot of people want to see Iowa beat Michigan.
2: Let's bring in Ross Dellinger, Yahoo Sports senior writer. Did a great job covering the uh, Jim Harbaugh situation there. Uh, the uh, four top teams came out last night. No real surprise. Ross, let me start with chaos. What is chaos this weekend in uh, your opinion?
3: Huh. Well, there are some pretty chaotic like nightmare scenarios, right? and we're we're I think in the past, like the last ten years or so of CFP, we've never entered a weekend like this, right? Where we have a undefeated team. From four, from five undefeated teams, right? From four different conferences. So, I think chaos would probably be um, Alabama upsetting Georgia. That would that would certainly start the chaos, because uh, then the committee would be tasked with: Do you leave out an SEC champion? Uh, do you leave out the two-time reigning national champion that had won nine, twenty-nine straight games? Or, and do you leave out the SEC that's won thirteen of the last seventeen? So. It probably starts there um, if Alabama upsets Georgia, and then I think if you have a couple of other upsets, it's kind of this somewhat nightmare scenario, right? Like if you if you have um, Oregon, you know, beat, and you've got a one loss Oregon, and you've got a one loss Alabama, and you've got a one loss Texas, all fighting for like one or or maybe two spots, that can be pretty wild.
2: Feelings are going to, or opinions are going to matter. It used to be with the top two teams, it would just be the computers would say these are the two top teams. Now, the committee has to look at Florida State, and they have to have an opinion on Florida State moving. If Florida State wins, no matter who their quarterback is, is Florida State going to be in the final four?
3: Yes. Uh, I know that that is a hot topic. Um, I would be be shocked if a Power 5 undefeated conference champion is left out of the CFP when there is room, right? When, cause, and there's going to be room, right? Cause every league doesn't have an undefeated team right now. We only have four leagues with an undefeated team uh, too. So you've got room for it. So I would be, I would be shocked. Now, will they take it under consideration and will they, will they drop Florida state as a four seed and actually have as a three seed, potentially a one loss team. So could a one loss conference champion be a three seed over four seed Florida State? I think that's the biggest question because I think Florida State is in. I just would be, would be blown away if the committee left them out as an undefeated Power Five champion.
2: How would we feel next year at this time with this current scenario?
3: Yeah, it would be, uh, well, it would be it's funny, I'm writing a story on that right now about conference championship games in their future, um, Dan, and, and do we need them in an expanded playoff era? Plenty of people think we don't. Um and one of the reasons why is this year, for instance, uh all but three of the teams competing in a in a conference championship game would be in the playoff right now. You know, before the championship games, Oklahoma State could play their way in, right, by beating Texas. Uh, Louisville could probably, you know, play their way in by beating Florida State. In Iowa, of course, uh, could play its way in, um, by beating Michigan. Some, some might say Iowa would already be in. Some might say Louisville would already be in. So you could have almost all of the teams participating this weekend in a conference championship. Game, all of those teams in an expanded playoff field could be in except maybe one or two. Um, and that's why I think there's a real question uh, going forward. Now, what makes conference championship games exciting in an expanded playoff field is you're basically playing for a buy, right? You're playing for a first round buy. So there's you know the only only the conference champions, the top four conference champions in an expanded field. Will get a, a first round buy, so you've got to win your conference championship to have uh it, to be able to get a a first round buy in the playoff.
2: In two years' time, is Ryan Day more likely to be at Ohio State or Jim Harbaugh still at Michigan?
3: Um, I would probably say Ryan Day at Ohio State. Uh, you know, I think it's 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 difficult um for for me to see. Jim Harbaugh coming coming back as coach uh not to say it won't happen um you know the last 2 years Dan will it has, be his uh, decision or somebody else's decision Yeah I think it would be his decision okay. um I Michigan seems quite on board and in support of Jim Harbaugh uh and so I would I would be surprised if they would make that decision so I think it would be his decision and Dan you know the last 2 years we've seen Jim Harbaugh with NFL jobs, right? Interviewed for a few who maybe even thought he was going to be offered that Vikings job and leave. So this year he's got a third straight, right? Really good football team. Um, I would imagine that there's, there's maybe a place for him in the NFL, but if there isn't, maybe he ends up back in Michigan.
2: Reality is set in, in Colorado with Dion. As we move forward, he just lost his defensive coordinator. They don't have oil money there. Dion saying we're not an ATM. Uh, what is what is the uh, future for Colorado? Let let's look at for next year because he's got some decommits here. Um, what do you think the uh, future looks like?
3: Well, this day, this era in in college football, you can um, you can have whoever at head coach Dan, but you need nil, right? You need nil money. You need a collective, uh, that has, I don't know, at least 3 million to spend a year on a football roster, maybe 5 million, um, on a football roster. And if you, if you don't have that, you're going to be in, uh, you, you know, you're not going to get the kind of players that you want. And and I think Dion kind of mentioned that, right. He's kind of suggested that the, the Colorado needs to step up when it comes to, when it comes to NIL, um, so you look forward at, at Colorado and they certainly need to, to do that, right? Uh, they need to invest in NIL, invest in their roster. Uh, but you know, it, it you wonder if the Dion thing is a, like a flash in the pan. Is this going to be consistent? Can he keep, keep it up sort of thing and build on what happened earlier this past season? Um, I think a lot of people hope that, the season this year for colorado is not a microcosm right for for dion overall um where you boom right out of the gates right fiery and flashy and all this attention and then man you just can't finish games I mean, they probably should have should have won three or four games uh during that losing streak and they just couldn't finish and then of course they got the injury situation but you know also dion kind of seemed to make a, a panic move in the middle of the season by and demoting his offensive coordinator, who now has left for a head coaching job at San Diego State, Sean Lewis. That was that was a weird one. Uh, it, it was it was an odd decision. So uh, everybody's certainly watching Boulder to see what happens in year two with Dion.
2: Good to visit with you, Ross. Uh, continue great work. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dan. Ross Dellinger, Yahoo Sports senior writer. Yes, I uh, had him as the defensive coordinator, was the offensive coordinator, who has left Dion, and then Dion saying. And he, he really sounds out of touch when he does this. Uh, you know, don't come here to get rich. Meanwhile, his son's driving, you know, an expensive car and got his watch on and showing everybody. Uh, Dion, flashy. I mean, it, it doesn't match what he's saying there. And then Dion's saying, hey, if you go visit a school, you shouldn't be able to go visit somebody else. Or you shouldn't, you know, you should have to commit to that school. Dion left in the middle of his contract at Jackson State. Like, you, you just can't be saying these things. Because it's hypocritical. I love what he's done. He sort of opened our eyes to the business of college football. He kind of, you know, pulled back the curtain on it. But go all in on it. Now he sounds like get-off-my-lawn guy. And he didn't sound like that. He was, hey, you believe? You believe? You better believe? And people bought in. All of those celebrities... Did any of those celebrities go to any of these other games? No. No. Everybody just rode the, uh, the fumes of this, the coattails of this. The reality set in. He knew he didn't have a great roster. He knew it. Now next year, let's see what happens. Plus, these kids who decommitted, well, they decommitted because they committed during the peak of Dion Mania. September. Now's when you got to get them. Now's the hard part. Now you got to close them. Back then, hey, I want to go play for Dion. You've had two, I think, four-star quarterbacks who have decommitted. And that just means they're opening up the recruiting process again. And that might be, well, I can't get NIL money there. I'm going to go someplace where I can get NIL money. I mean, I'd love to play for Dion. If I'm 18, I'd love to play for somebody and get paid as well. And that's what some of these kids got have to be looking at. It's a bottom-line business. And it should be looked at that by these kids as well. It's bottom-line. Coaches do the same thing. Although when the coaches get fired, they get paid. They get all that money. Players are just saying, look, I'm going to get a piece of this. Eventually, they're going to get paid by the schools. It's just going to happen. Might be five years down the road. It's going to happen. And then that's when college football changes and becomes, you know, pro football. A minor league pro football. It'll be set up like the NFL or the Premier League. I mean, there's going to be different scenarios here, but it's going to happen. But Dion has to be on board with some of this. You don't want to be in the Dabo Sweeney category where you're like, no, we're not taking uh, transfer portals, no NIL, we're not doing anything. Maybe we'll do NIL, maybe we'll do some transfer portals. That'll catch up to you. College football's moving fast. It just is. And these players, and they have agents, and they're sharp. The, the the player who's going to win the Heisman Trophy was a really good player at Arizona State. And then what happened? LSU needed a quarterback. And somehow, Jaden Daniels ended up at LSU. Did he go, I've always wanted to play for Brian Kelly? Or was it, how much? Okay. Yes, Marv.
5: Can you imagine if you're all-conference left tackle at Eastern Michigan, your first team all-conference, and your coach of Eastern Michigan goes, well, I guess he'll be in Michigan next year. Yeah. Cause they go not even stay. Yeah, Khalil Mack wouldn't be at I'm Buffalo. Buffalo. <laughs> I
2: know.
5: <laughs> They'd be like, "Who's this?"
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Syrac-
5: like Syracuse, Penn State, <laughs> one of those schools close by. Yeah. Well, not
2: Syracuse. Ah, oh. you're not gonna oh, go to Syracuse. Oh, No, that's no, not nice. He's not gonna that. go to but Syracuse. True.
5: Fair. Yeah. yeah you know. Accurate. But.
2: Um. All right. I uh, we'll get to your phone calls coming up, and uh, I have an update on Mark Cuban and maybe what the game plan is. Maybe what Mark Cuban's game plan is with the Dallas Mavericks. We'll uh, talk about that coming up right after this Dan Patrick Show.
3: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
9: As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon
1: Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, A young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
2: Mark Cuban is selling off a piece of the Dallas Mavericks. A source of the show says that, uh, I guess, the people who are going to buy I don't know how much they're buying, but they're going to buy a good portion of the Dallas Mavericks. That's the uh, Adelson Trust. They own the Sands Casino properties around the world. And Mark would be, now this is according to a source, uh, getting in on the uh, sports betting approval in Texas. And then that would be a precursor to a huge development in the Dallas area. That would be a large hotel casino and then a new arena for the Mavericks. I'm guessing Mark Cuban is going to be fine selling off this, but might be involved in a bigger play that uh, has property, a new arena, and a casino there with the Dallas Mavericks. Yes, Paul.
6: I found a couple uh, sports articles in the paper in Dallas, and they said the same thing. Quote, Cuban has been uh, a proponent of legalized gambling in Texas, an issue that didn't make it out of the state legislature last last year. And Cuban said last year publicly he was interested in partnering with the Sands family on legalized gambling in Texas.
2: Yeah, well, there you go. Going to have a whole complex there, at least hope to, and uh, have people who run casinos around the world put one there, sports betting, and a new arena for the Dallas Mavericks. Paulie mentioned that uh, Friday night, Die Hard is going to be in movie theaters, uh, December 8th, and uh, I guess you can go to the movie theaters to watch that great movie and maybe bring the kids. Now it's one showing. I don't know how many theaters
6: yeah, I think it's on all AMC theaters around
2: around the country.
6: Yeah, one night only. Uh-huh. Okay. The anniversary of when it was released. You know, what forty years ago, thirty five years ago, whatever it is.
2: Uh, they're also re releasing Elf in theaters this Christmas.
6: You like that? Like, like, let's say you want to take you got a couple seven year old kids, and instead of just watching on your
2: well, they wouldn't be my kids, but right. they'd be seven year old kids, but that'd be odd. But
6: yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, like go take the kids to see Elf for the first time on the big screen. Yeah, better experience, sure. It's a sure thing. You know they're going to like it. Yeah. My wife and I are going to see Die Hard. Mm. It's her favorite movie, which is one-third of the reason I aired her.
4: Uh, I love going to the movies, Uh, although I rarely do anymore. Um, I do love going to the movies, but I, I haven't gone to watch a movie, like a throwback movie like that at a theater. Is it changed at all? Like Since Die Hard came out, movie theaters have changed quite a bit. Is it the same experience, or is it is it different? But is the
2: quality of the the film itself going to be up to speed with what we're used to? Right, HD, uh, the sound quality. Uh, so I think those are the in, those are the important things. That if I'm going there just for the experience of it, I would hope that it would be up to what we like. I missed Oppenheimer in the movies, in the theaters, and I wish I would have seen that because I don't want to watch it on a tablet. That's a movie that you need. There are certain movies that you just need to see in the theater, and that's one of those that I wish I would have seen them. Yes, Todd?
5: I would think also with some of the surround sound and those big new recliners where you can kind of sit back. I know you could do that at home, too, but that's part of the experience
2: that they didn't have back then with these uh, special big chairs. And everything. Well, I only care about the quality of the film. I'm, I don't care what I'm sitting in I just, or what they're serving. I want to know, if is the movie going to look and sound great, not sound outdated or look outdated? Yes, Mark.
5: And at the movies, you'll get to see Nicole Kidman.
2: yeah Adventure at the movies. Seaton, you have your uh, Nicole Kidman impersonation. Do you do that?
4: I might. I don't <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought if so, I did, i You know, my problem is if I do impressions, it's usually like I do it on the spot and then I forget all about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, but she does that uh, AMC. Yep. Nerp. She does. She throws like the Australians throw R's into things. Nerp. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Die Hard? Is everybody going? No. You know what? The last time I saw Die Hard, I didn't really love it. Whoa, whoa. Wow. Gotta admit. You really, really loved it? Okay, I, but you didn't like my cousin Vinny either. Does that did not hold up. That didn't hold up. It doesn't hold up. Uh, uh, Marissa Tomei is great. Is she? It's great, but that movie is cheesy. It yeah. does not hold up. <laughs> cheesy is. Die Hard's not cheesy. No, Die Hard's not cheesy. You know what, though? Like, And I understand this. Maybe people don't know this about me, but I have a, a, I curse a lot. I have a very foul mouth. Uh, so I'm not shy about uh, profanity. Right. But I found the last time I watched Die Hard, I found the cursing to be really annoying. It was just like it was every fourth word that came out of Bruce Willis's mouth. He actually only said 15 words the entire movie, and two of them were mother, and the other one was effort. And that was it. That's all he said. And well, he like, said, yippee yeah okay. Yeah, Okay, that was the other word. Yeah, That was three, we're up to. <laughs> other than that, that's all he says is like, he'll be running around the corner, I'll be like, ah! Like, why did you yell that right there? There's no reason to do that. But doesn't he say Hans? I think when he gets on the walkie-talkie, and then he's talking to his buddy. I didn't literally he's... mean it. It was oh, a joke okay. that he only said oh, that many okay. words. <laughs> Sorry, I should have made it more clear that I was being facetious. I'm a journalist. My here. apologies. I'm a journalist here. I'm a journalist here. Yes, Paul?
6: I have a list, I somehow found this, of movies that use the F word the most times per minute in movie history. Mm. And it's pretty detailed. Um can anyone guess? It's a pretty recent movie. It's less than twelve years old. I'm gonna
2: say it's a Quentin Tarantino movie.
6: No, but you're in the you're in the right in the genre? Yeah. Okay. Right. There's a couple movies that are recent that are right up there in the F word. How about the departed? Uh that's Twentieth all time. Okay, it's a good call.
2: Yeah, because I said it when I watched the movie. Like I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" This movie isn't any good.
6: I'll give you some of the top ten. Uh, straight out of Compton, uncut gems. Mm. Three f words per minute. Sandman. Casino.
1: A legendary. Ooh.
6: Uh Summer of Sam, John Leguizamo movie. Mm-hmm. And the number one swear word movie, The Wolf of Wall Street. Three point one six oh. f words per minute.
1: <laughs> ah, Stat of the Day, Stat of the Day Stat of the Day, Stat of the Day This is the Stat of the Day
2: Stat of the Day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. But doesn't John Wick hold the record for most people killed in a movie per minute? Unless, it, you know, it's a war movie, but, you know, John Wick is a one-man army there. But it felt like, you know, per, per minute, he probably killed more people. I thought they did a count on that. It was like, you know, 250 people in the movie with John Wick. Yeah, Paul?
6: Yeah, there is a list of the most deaths in a movie. And the, t- the tough part, though, is they have, like, CGI, and they got a count in the background. But uh, you know, some of like those Lord of the Rings movies, but it's it's CGI, it's not uh
1: mm. as but as
2: far as one one person.
6: Troy, the movie with uh, Brad Pitt, hunky Brad Pitt, two other oh. four, five hundred and seventy two kills. Okay. The last samurai, five fifty eight. I uh-huh. uh, throw out a few more. Dri- what, Dri- it, driving Miss Daisy? No, no. Um <laughs> let's see. Yeah. Uh saving private Ryan's up there. Yeah, but those are war movies. Titanic, by default, is yeah. Going to be a but big John Wick is one man. That's true. Yes, one person killed at
2: least. We think it. we're looking at He's up. one man. All right. final hour on the this way on the way on this Wednesday. Final hour on the way this Wednesday. We're back after this.